Hunt. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Hour number two on a magnificent football Monday. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here on the BetQL Network. Great to welcome in our audience on Stadium right now. We'll be on Stadium for the next two hours. And we got a badass next two hours of the show coming up where we are going to begin the process of getting you set to bet and win week number nine in the National Football League. Our early handicaps, early thoughts, early analysis, and any early bets we've got coming up for week nine in the National Football League. We'll roll through as many games as possible. We'll get to the Chiefs and the Dolphins Sunday morning in London in just a second. We'll get some NBA bets later this hour from our friend Alex Christensen, a.k.a. Noops. So looking forward to the next two hours of the show. And uh, for everyone watching on Stadium right now, you're going to want to flip on over to twitch.tv backslash betql at 6 o'clock Eastern time where we have an absolutely loaded final hour, power hour of the show. Tons of sports tonight. Sports Equinox. We got National Football League, we got NBA, we got NHL, we got the World Series. All our bets in the NHL, bets of steel. Best of the best. All our bets in the NBA, side total and props for the Lions and Raiders on Monday Night Football, and of course, all our bets for Game 3 of the World Series with the Diamondbacks and the Rangers as the series shifts to the desert, tied a game apiece. So, three hours of loaded wagertainment coming your way beginning right now. But uh, we start here with the Dolphins and the Chiefs on Sunday morning coming up from Frankfurt, Germany. Jake, let's roll the music up. And Ken, we closed our number one, and you are making a great point, right? Which is, you know, Miami's had a great regular season thus far, but in their test games against elite competition, uh, they, they failed miserably. Get blown out by Buffalo, blown out by the Philadelphia Eagles. Despite Kansas City losing to Denver and looking terrible in the process, turning the football over a million times, Mahomes and the offense looking as bad as they've looked basically since he's been the quarterback, just like a brutal game for Kansas City. Uh, there, there, there can be no questioning that Kansas City still an elite team in the National Football League and representing elite competition for the Miami Dolphins. So the point spread in the market, and again, this is on a neutral field in Germany. Kansas City's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is 50-and-a-half. So, Ken, your early thoughts, analysis, any bets here for Kansas City and Miami, pen, pencil, blood, or blank? Yeah, we, we closed last hour for people that didn't see it on stadium, and I, I brought up that point that just Philadelphia and Buffalo didn't go well for Miami, and they especially didn't go well defensively. Um, you know, the offense, well, I, no one would call it electric against Buffalo and Philadelphia like it had been in the other games. Remember, they scored 70 points, obviously, against the Denver Broncos. Feels like forever ago, but that was this season. Um, you know, ran up the score on a couple other teams, had a bunch of games that have gone over this year, but against Buffalo and against Philadelphia, weren't, weren't quite able to do that. And I think almost more importantly, the defense just like couldn't hold up in those games like at, at all buffalo scored at will in the game philadelphia was able to move the ball a ton in the game and so i guess you're looking at this kansas city offense albeit off of a really bad performance to your point but look like i think our baseline level of expectation for a mahomes offense and let's also remember you know can't gloss over the fact like did have the flu yesterday it was 20 degrees that was a team that he had just faced a few weeks before i don't think there's a lot about that game 
or a lot about like the Dolphins game this past week against the Patriots. That's going to tell you what this game is going to be like, like the conditions are, you know, you would think would be a little bit more ideal. Mahomes would probably be feeling better. Uh, I, I think if you're trying to figure out like how, how can the Dolphins do something that they haven't done yet this year, beat a good team. How can they do that? Uh, I think your answer would probably be get a good injury report on defense and hope that like Jalen Ramsey continues to like take steps forward and play like the maximum number of snaps. Like remember Ramsey didn't play against Buffalo. Ramsey didn't play against Philadelphia. Maybe like that's the Trump card. As long as other players aren't like Xavier and how are going to play in the game is Holland going to play in the game. Like they've been at half of a defense so far. So if it's a half a defense and it's just Ramsey and like, you know, four backups against Mahomes, that's, that's not going to go great in a game where the chiefs just have to win to cover the number. So, you know, like, would want the Dolphins defense to be at full strength before I'd ever think about playing them. I don't think the number's crazy. My number's two and a half too. It's on a neutral field. I don't think it's probably going to be a full three with how Kansas City looked yesterday. Um, but until, like, I think honestly, like, until the Dolphins show you they can do that in this kind of a game, I, I don't know if you can bet them at these kind of small numbers. And they've been a small number in both games that they played against those teams. What's, uh, what's your projected point spread in the game? Two and a half. <laughs> two and a half the for the Kansas City for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Kansas City's receivers, this is not film at 11. This is not breaking news here. Kansas City's receivers are absolutely brutal. Like, at, at some point, can we can we stop with Sky more? Like, the sky is falling. It is. For, for, on this guy, like, playing for Kansas City the rest of the year. He's terrible. Drops a wide-open touchdown yesterday. And I bet the Broncos. He's bad. Nicole Hardman stinks. MVS stinks. It should, be, it should be Kelsey and Rasheed Rice, and that should basically be it. And then the running backs for Kansas City. And honestly, like, they probably wouldn't win the Super Bowl doing that because the defense is really good, and you have a first-ballot Hall of Fame quarterback and head coach. Um, can you do a great job bringing up uh, Miami secondary, right, with Jalen Ramsey back yesterday? And we said yesterday on Countdown to Kick, off that it, it almost felt like they weren't like punting the game against New England but just that they were going to hold these guys out for another week thinking they could probably win the game without them and they were right they did win the game and now my guess is is that Xavier Howard and Javon Holland will both play for the Dolphins on Sunday in this game against the Kansas City Chiefs and we might get like a full strength Dolphin secondary against the Chiefs defense against the Chiefs offense that has not been like explosive for much of the year this year. They've still been awesome. They still have Mahomes. And then on the flip side, you've got maybe the best defense in the league in the Kansas City Chiefs, who I think are going to be able like to slow down Miami's run game. And that's kind of been like the way you kind of get at Miami a little bit, like slow down the run game, make them one-dimensional. They obviously are very familiar with Tyree Kill. My first thought here, and like we talked about a contrarian over on Thursday night with the Steelers and Titans at 36, I... It won't make me feel good to potentially do it in a game with Mahomes and Tua and Kelsey and Tyree Kill. I does the first digit in this total have to be a four with these two defenses and the way the Chiefs' offenses look? Like, is the total actually a little too high right now in this game? Well, I think uh, you know, would this be one of the first Miami games this year to have a, a four where it was like the other team's projection was okay. Like Miami's point total projection in every game they played has been astronomical. And you could be like, well, the Giants game was like 48, Panthers game was like that. Well, yeah, but that's because the Dolphins projected point total in that game was like 31 or something like that, or like 32. I, I, the way the Dolphins play offense, I, I don't I don't hate this. I uh, To be fair, like it's so early in the week, like I, I don't have my German weather report handy for what this is going to be like either. This is, is this an, this is an outdoor stadium they're playing at, I'm guessing? Like I, 
to be like, well, you should know that. Be like, well, I don't really need to know it yet, but I'm going to need to know it by the end of the week. Um, <laughs> Correct. That's like, like, we're doing. Wait, wait, wait till we give you our handicap for like Anaheim and Pittsburgh tonight at the National Hockey League. We're going to yeah. have you covered. Don't worry. I, don't worry. We got well, you. Well, you're just asking if the first if the first digit's a five, and I'm like, look, if the if the conditions are ideal uh, and you have these two rated offenses, like I, you mentioned that the Chiefs offense isn't explosive, and you're right. Um, what I worry about in this game for the Dolphins, and it's the same thing as the Chargers game and the Bills game and the Eagles game, is the Chiefs are not explosive, but they also are very, 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 very good at converting third downs still. And obviously that's all like Mahomes and his ability to create plays, uh, you know, keep plays going, all that kind of stuff. And I just worry about like the same thing in the, from the Eagles game, the same thing from the Bills. Just like, are you going to get the Chiefs off the field ever? Like, are you going to do that? You couldn't really get the Eagles off the field. You could never get the Bills off the field in the game. Like, it just starts with that. Can you get the Chiefs off the field? Like, I don't care what two is going to do. And they, they can't, if they can't get the other team off the field ever, then I don't care because this point spread's small. Like, yeah, if you're a touchdown dog in a game, then I might care. Like, or I might, you know, do something else. Like, I might think of the game a different way if uh, if the point spread was different, but like you have to win the game. So just like if, if one half, you're just fundamentally flawed then, and that's been the case. And you can look at all like, like the Dolphins are on track still to really like set a bunch of records offensively in the NFL this year. Obviously Tyreek Hill's on pace to break 2000 yards receiving. Two is an insanely efficient passer. He's probably gonna break records at the end of the year for a lot of pass metrics. Like we'll see how that goes. All that being said, like, you know, okay, cool. If you're like 13th in defense, that's okay. But if you're like 20s in a bunch of stuff and you play teams like this, that's why the test games go so poorly. So I, they have an opportunity to look different. Maybe with Ramsey, that's what it is. It doesn't make me want to bet anything um, with the, the point spread being this and us being in a neutral field. But, you know, if you're like, hey, you have to bet the game and it's less than three, like, I'm going to bet they fail the test again. Like, that's what I'm going to bet. And, uh, and, you know, I'll be curious to see if it plays out the same way with Ramsey now in the picture. Uh, you better you bet with Nick and Ken. Magnificent football. Monday, handicapping week nine in the National Football League, talking the Chiefs and the Dolphins at uh, Deutsche Bank Park in Frankfurt, retractable roof stadium. So I'm, I'm guessing they'll have, I'm guessing they'll have it figured out. Closed. Which is great because the, the offenses yeah. are electric. You don't want to be played in rain or you know, play at whatever Tottenham and it's, you know, windy and rainy and crappy. Like you want, to, you want this to be ideal <laughs> conditions. You want this to be like a Super Bowl type environment. Really, is that's what Wind. you would prefer. Windy, rainy, crappy. crappy. It's the NFL's international slate in 2023. Uh, I think you agree with me with what I'm about to say based on how you how you ended uh, what you were saying just now about this game. Um, Kansas City or nothing, right? As far as like the, the side of the game is concerned at this number? Yeah, if it's less than three. Yeah, if it's less than three, for sure. I, I just... Uh... Ramsey playing and getting a week, not that he's, if like, if he came back for this game, I'd be like, uh, maybe I'll just bet the Chiefs. But the fact that he played already, like, had an interception and then is, like, going to play a second game and they might get guys back, like, that might be enough to make me think Miami could at least be a little different in this game than the, the Buffalo and Philadelphia games. I'm, I'm still skeptical that they can do that, but I guess like Ramsey's presence and maybe a better injury report maybe makes me lay off this game and not bet Kansas City. And I'm excited to get like Brian Baldinger will come on the show with us on Wednesday, Odyssey Sports NFL Insider. Mahomes had some interesting quotes after the game yesterday that the Broncos defense, and they obviously played a couple times in the last couple of weeks, um, 
I think the word Mahomes used was like they st- they've stifled our offense a little bit, and it's Mahomes' expectation. These are his words, not mine. That teams are going to watch the film and try and like mimic what the Broncos have done defensively. Now, I am not a hashtag film guy. I'm not hashtag grinding the all twenty two. But I thought those those quotes were interesting, and I can't wait to get a guy like Baldy on the show this week to, to talk to us about that. Other guests we have on the show to be like, what's this going to look like? Like, what can Miami do to try and disrupt what the Chiefs are doing? Also, like the Chiefs. I'm sure know that what's happening also and what's what's gone wrong, and I'm sure they'll have something right. cooked up. And also they have the individual improvisational greatness of Patrick Mahomes as well. Tough, tough for me to believe the Chiefs are going to lose this game. For me, Chiefs are nothing on the side, and I actually might look at the under in this game with KC and Miami. All right, that is the uh, that's the Sunday morning game from Germany. Of course, the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Let's send it to Frankfurt. Uh, let's let's go now. The jokes write themselves to Atlanta. For the Falcons and the Minnesota Vikings is a is a terrible injury for Kirk Cousins, and like I, I guess you could be like a Packers fan or like a Lions fan, in which case you're probably happy that this is the case that Cousins got hurt, whatever. Not that you want someone to get injured, just that it helps your team. Um, he's playing great football, arguably the best football of his career, kind of becoming like a true babyface where everyone started to really like Kirk Cousins, and I think people will like him more when he comes back. Maybe we've kind of taken Kirk Cousins for granted as a quarterback in the NFL. That's the sense I get in people's reactions to this Cousins injury. Torn Achilles done for the year and the Vikings who clawed back to four and four like three straight wins looking awesome like the favorite to be the seven seed I I think that they could have maybe made like a record like deep playoff run in the NFC and now it kind of looks like it's all going to go to you know what maybe Minnesota makes a move before the deadline coming up tomorrow maybe Kyler Murray they'll look at him I'm not saying they're going to maybe they'll sign Case Keenum maybe they'll sign Colt McCoy who the hell Nick Mullins get comes back in week 10 we'll see what the Vikings do right now it looks like it'll be the rookie from BYU Jaron Hall against we don't know who the quarterback's going to be for Atlanta Arthur Smith non-committal today when asked about hey if Ritter's healthy is he going to play or is it going to be Taylor Heineke Arthur Smith saying that they're going to evaluate Ritter throughout the week my best guess is that Heineke will be the quarterback but it's Arthur Smith so they could sign like Chris Chandler back to play quarterback and I don't think anyone will be surprised with this idiot uh Falcons about a four and a half point home favorite Ken against Minnesota total 37 and a half so a lot going on here from a quarterback perspective any early thoughts or bets pen pencil blood or blank Falcons and Vikings yeah, I mean, this was uh, this is the only game I bet right at open just because, you know, and it's funny, like, I think, you know, people have maybe taken a little bit more of an interest in betting early in the week, maybe because of our show. And they're like, oh, that's, I didn't even, like, think about doing things that way. You know, g- games where you think the point spread's going to move a lot. And this was a game where uh, my number, if Cousins was healthy and playing, so prior to him hurting his Achilles, obviously, let's say they just beat the Packers and nothing happens injury-wise. And Atlanta could do anything because I don't think Ritter Heineke is going to cause like a massive shift in the market, maybe a little bit more bullishness on Atlanta, but that's about it. But anyway, if uh, Cousins doesn't get hurt, I, I made the Vikings a small favorite in this game, like a pick, Vikings minus one, something like that. And, uh, you know, very small point spread. And it... You know, obviously the, the sports books that put out the openers, like Cousins is a very public injury. Like, it's not like they don't know that he's hurt. So we go from like pick Vikings minus one and they open Atlanta three and a half and a bunch of the three and a half are juiced toward Minnesota right at first. And uh, and I see that and I just go, this is one of those classic things. And if you want to bet early in the week, honestly, my, my biggest piece of advice is don't make any bet early in the week based on what you think is going to happen in the game or like what you think the number should be. You should basically only be betting based on what you think everyone's going to think. Like, what do you think everyone's going to think? And it opens Atlanta three and a half. And I literally go, there's no way anyone's going to want Jaron Hall in this game. There's just no way. And like Atlanta is at home. 
and if they start Heineke, then forget about it. This number might get really blasted. It's just, it's never going to go down to three and it's only ever going to go up and it's four and a half. And really it's five, it's five almost everywhere right now. So I say that like, don't make a bet because of what you think is going to happen. Cause now we're here and it's five. And I'll be damned if I've ever been to Atlanta in this game. There's no way based on what I think is gonna happen that like at Ritter by margin, that's gonna happen. And you'd be like, well, what if it's Heineke? And we can have that discussion after the break. I would also argue Heineke by margin, probably not a great idea either. Atlanta by margin, terrible idea. So just a classic like number grab versus what do you think is gonna happen in the game situation? So on the other side, we'll give you our full thoughts on the Falcons and the Vikings coming up on Sunday. Then we'll get to the Browns and the Cardinals. At least one more start for Josh Dobbs in Arizona. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Having some fun here on a magnificent football Monday. Nick and Ken here with you. Alex Christensen, a.k.a. Noops, joins us in 20 minutes, giving us some NBA bets for tonight. Power Hour, final hour of the show, featuring all our bets for tonight. NHL, NBA, World Series Game 3, and Monday Night Football, side total and props, the Lions and the Raiders in Detroit. But for now, let's uh, continue our handicap of Week 9 in the NFL. Jake, please fade the music back up, and we'll continue speaking about the Falcons and the Vikings, where we don't know who Atlanta's quarterback is going to be. And also, like, we don't know what Minnesota's going to do in between now and Tuesday's trade deadline. Are the Vikings going to like pack it in here? Maybe trade Daniil Hunter? Sure. Maybe like kick the can down the road? We thought that's what Minnesota wanted to do prior to the season when they didn't extend Kirk Cousins. And then, you know, Cousins was playing so well and the defense was coming along and Brian Flores is doing a great job that you got the sense. The Vikings were going to go for it a little bit and probably would have made the playoffs as the seven seed, maybe better. If Cousins doesn't get hurt, but he does, unfortunately, torn Achilles, done for the year. MRI confirms that earlier today. So, like, would it would it really surprised anyone if the Vikings, a forward-thinking, like, analytically-driven organization, decided to pack it in on the season and maybe, like, try to get a young quarterback at the top of the draft and let Kirk Cousins walk? So, I, I think there's a lot that has to be figured out here in the next 24 hours for Minnesota. I will say that... If you are, like, in the Vikings front office, so much better that, and obviously, like, it's never good to lose Cousins. Like, you never want that to happen. But it's better that it happened, like, yesterday as opposed to, like, next week. At least you have the trade deadline where if they decide they want to do something, maybe they could go out and do it. Whether it's Jameis, Jacoby Brissett, Kyler Murray. Just, like, there are options still available to Minnesota. And that door closes, obviously, at 4 p.m. Eastern coming up on Tuesday. So I think the deadline kind of factors into the the handicap of this game a little bit. Like, what's Minnesota going to look like? Is Jaron Hall definitely going to be the quarterback? Ken, I thought you did a great job detailing why you bet Atlanta, just like you felt like, hey, other people are going to want to bet Atlanta. Also, you were right. So now that we're sitting at the current number of Atlanta by about five, is there anything to do here in this game, or we are looking to hashtag acquire more information? Well, I think uh, the, the questions that I'd be asking here would be like, are we, is the line done moving and why would it move more? Right. Uh, there were two, so two thoughts there. One, if Arthur Smith late in the week says it's Heineke, I do think you would get maybe like a tiny pop on Atlanta when that happens, because I think everyone knows Ritter's brutal. And even if Heineke's also brutal, he's not the brutal that we've seen every single week for Atlanta, like when they've been in these close games against bad teams over and over and over again. And the offenses look terrible. So like maybe you get a little movement off that. And I think also, and this is, it's just like my kind of like gut feel about what's going to happen. If we get through the deadline and the Vikings add no one, 
and it's Jaren Hall confirmed, then I think you do see more movement here. Like, I think this is like, it's like speculative movement so far that it's going to be Hall. And if it's not, then things get really crazy because it's like, how do you make a number on Case Keenum or something? And he's going to come in like Baker Mayfield hadn't seen the playbook for the Rams last year and played on that, <laughs> played against the Raiders and beat them, which I don't think is going to happen here. But I think like, I don't know if we're done moving on Atlanta. I guess that's like the interesting part. So it's, it's again, it's that classic like, okay, where is the line going? And is your goal only to get ahead of that? You don't care what happens in the game. You just care about, I click the button now, the number is different on Sunday. That's all you care about. It might honestly be like four and a half Atlanta still good. And it gets actually like even higher than this. If it's, well, I don't care about that. Just tell me what you think is going to happen in the game or what you think is going to happen. Like what's the market going to be at close and what would you bet? Um, I would just remind people like we have markets like this all the time where it's like the perception that it's, we literally bet the Titans for this reason last week that it's like, well, they're packing it in. And here's Will. Actually, they like completely outplayed Atlanta for big parts of that game. And then Taylor Heineke came in and the game got really fun in the fourth quarter. So like we literally just had one of these guys. <laughs> we just had one. We also had like, oh, like the Niners are the best team in the league and it's PJ Walker. How could they ever lose? Number goes out to 10. Like we have these all the time, especially when it's like kind of a good team or a well-coached team that's changing the quarterbacks. That's when it gets really fun, right? So you have like Stefanski with the PJ, uh, PJ Walker thing. You have Mike Vrabel with the Levis thing. Like this isn't Josh McDaniels changing quarterbacks. That went terrible. Aiden O'Connell got, you know, bulldozed in the game against the, the Chargers. But you have, you know, I think we think O'Connell's like a pretty good coach. And if it's Jaron Hall and that's what they're going to go with, and this gets bet all the way out. And I mean, like, if it's Jaron Hall, what's to stop this from being seven? What's to stop this from being six? Something like that. Like, people are going to be bullish on a rookie on the road in his first start. And uh, and I honestly think, like, your, your strategy for, like, what is going to happen in the game is... You should let it let you should pray Atlanta gets bet out as far as humanly possible so that somehow it creates a number where you could like stand betting Minnesota because like Atlanta by margin is just not something you should ever be like thinking is likely in an NFL game doesn't mean it can't happen Atlanta by margin just not something you really want to go to war with so you know again it's that line move versus what's actually going to happen in the game that kind of fun back and forth. And unfortunately, just like I agree with everything you said, I think like I think seven, I'd probably be interested in Minnesota. But I think I would literally need a number be that a big, big move. if it's going to be. If it's going to be. It's Jaren also Jaron Hall. Hall. Yep. Like it's. I mean, you know, like what. But like, you know, like it's. it's so what, what if they trade to Daniel Hunter? Hall? What if they trade to Daniel yeah, Hunter sure. tomorrow? Like, what if the Vikings make sure. some moves and they're like, you know what? Like, we're done this year. I hope they don't do that because, like, I'd like to see how this plays out. I'd actually like to see them like get a quarterback and try to go for it and try to make the playoffs. Right. But, but. Uh, I'm not the one. Make, I'm not the one in charge making the decisions. Maybe, maybe they decide it's in our best interest actually to lose games now. Now that we've lost Kirk Cousins, I don't even think people could bang on them for that if that's the decision that they make. And and then what happens? Like, what if they trade Hunter and it's Jaron Hall? Like, this could definitely be seven by the time Sunday rolls around, right? right. And you and I would just and remind no people. Well, I would just remind people: be really careful about like, oh, like they did that. That means this team's doing that. Like that means it's like, uh, like if the market's going to move on that, then you should probably bet the opposite side. Cause that's a lot of like assumption. That's a lot of like, well, now the Vikings guys, and that's like, well, like is Jordan Addison going to stop running routes when he plays? Like that's going to happen. Like Madison's going to stop taking the ball and going forward. It's going to go backwards now. Like that's, what's going to happen. You can make a joke that he goes backwards a lot. Anyway. Uh, I just, it's, you know, it's really like this, this is, it's not a carbon copy of the Titans game. I would just remind people that like, we, like I, we made a lot of money betting like this kind of an angle last year like perception about a quarterback change in a team and what it means sorry last week 
like yesterday, we made a lot of money on a game. And like, just cause this one's smellier doesn't mean the same things. Not like, not that it has to play out a certain way, just that like which side is going to end up being valuable when all the dust is settled post trade deadline and, and post quarterback announcement. And like Will Levis was also like a second round pick bandy to be like a top 10 pick as opposed to Jaron yeah. Hall, who goes like later in the draft. And maybe Jaron But the number Hall's was way shorter. The number That's was the way point. Shorter. The number was way yep. shorter, though. You got you, you, you had two and a half at home. Here you're going to take like six, seven on the road. Like that. That's why that price is different. So it can be the same philosophy. You're just getting a way different price. That's why the bet would maybe still be good. Uh, and just like fantasy wise, this sucks to lose Cousins. I don't know if like Addison and like Hawkinson are like totally dead, but I mean, how, how are you going to have confidence in these guys if Sharon Hall is going to be the quarterback? Like when Jefferson comes back, it's brutal for real life, brutal for Cousins, obviously as a person, and brutal for the Vikings, but also brutal for you people know. You know what else that is too here? But we we haven't done this part of it yet. Like, because you bring up a good point. Like it's it's Jaron Hall, like with a, a week to prep or whatever, and no Jefferson, and Flores' defense has started playing better. Like if if Arthur Smith ever says it's Ritter. Like, should this total be, like, 32? Should it be, I mean, like, should I, the first digit be a two? Yeah, I mean, yeah this, is, uh, this is the Wrigley Field-Iowa Northwestern game, or whoever's playing there, right? Those are the two teams. I, I just, um, yeah, like, it, it's because you're, you're going to ask yourself, it's kind of like with the P.J. Walker game, when I said, like, oh, the Niners came off the Cowboys game, it was P.J. Walker for Deshaun, number got bet out to 10, how can they ever lose? Like, you, you can figure out a way they lose. Like, the way they lost that game was, like, weather and that the Browns' defense was exceptional and it was Purdy and, like, an outdoor weather game and he wilted a little bit. And as a result, like, that was the Browns' path to victory. If it's Jaron Hall on the road, the Vikings' path to victory here is, like, honestly, like, every Atlanta game, like, 14-13, 13-10. Like, Atlanta goes one for five in the red zone, which, you know, they do every game anyway. They're just going to do it here against Minnesota, whose defense is, like, somehow playing way better now. So, like, that's that's their path. And honestly, if it gets out to seven, it might just be literally, like, parlay the Vikings in the under. Like, this is uh, this is Ohio State-Wisconsin all over again from Saturday, maybe, where it's, like, I, the Vikings probably aren't winning a game where Jaron Hall's got to, like, you know, be down 14 throwing the ball in the fourth quarter. They probably win a game where it's 10-10 in the fourth quarter and everybody's making mistakes. That's probably how they win. And just like need a little bit more time to think about the on-field handicap here. The Falcons did lose Grady Jarrett, one of their best defensive linemen for the season, torn ACL. Their defensive line is absolutely stacked, though. They still have Calais Campbell. They got a bunch of other good players here. And the Vikings have not been able to run the ball the entire year. Maybe they're able to figure something out. With their first rushing touchdown of the season yesterday. Maybe Madison and Akers and Ty Chandler. Maybe they get it cooking a little bit here. But they, they were winning on the arm of Kirk Cousins. Like, can Jaron Hall even give you like half of what Kirk Cousins gave you? I don't even know if Jared no. Hall is going to be the quarterback on Sunday. Like, may maybe it'll be right. somebody else. Uh, we'll, we'll acquire more information, obviously, as the week goes on with the Falcons and the Vikings. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Magnificent football Monday handicapping. Week 9 in the NFL, the midway point of the NFL regular season. Let's continue onward now in Cleveland, where we've had a little line movement on this game. Open 7.5, and, and now we sit with the Browns as a touchdown favorite at home over the Arizona Cardinals. The total here is 38 and a half. And, and if you like some of the other games we've talked about, this will be the third of four games in week nine where like there are questions as to who's going to play quarterback for both teams in the game. Welcome to another one uh, where Arizona, we are like reasonably certain that it's going to be Josh Dobbs as the quarterback here. We'll see what happens with Kyler Murray, Jonathan Gannon saying that Dobbs is going to start again. Also like I'll believe it when I see it. I think there's a lot going on right now in Arizona, but we think it's going to be Dobbs. And I, I, I guess it's probably going to be P.J. Walker for another week as kind of Deshaun kind of nurses whatever this injury he has is. Uh, maybe it's going to be Deshaun Watson. I, I think it's probably Walker, and it's probably Dobbs. 
and the Browns are a touchdown favor coming off their loss to Seattle. We're like, I thought they played what Walker stinks, and they almost won on the road in Seattle. And then Arizona backdoors and probably against the Baltimore Ravens, but they don't look great for large swaths of that game. So Cleveland, again, a touchdown favorite, 38 and a half. And Ken, I think uh, before I usually leave things open-ended for you, I guess uh, I'll ask you a specific question as we begin our handicap of this game. Should P.J. Walker ever be laying a touchdown against any other team in the National Football League? That would be my question. Well, if it was going to be one, and it was going to be this season, uh, this would probably be the one that you would pick. This would probably be it. So it's possible. Or like uh, like Tyrod Taylor Giants or something, if they were going into Cleveland. They'd Cleveland should probably Tommy be DeVito, that game too. Tommy DeVito yeah. Giants might have to be like right. 14 and a half. <laughs> it's a ton of pressure, baby. Uh, yeah, I mean, the defensive line would just eat for Cleveland in the uh, in that game. Yeah, I mean, like, should he be seven? I, I mean, I'm supposed to say no, except like, the way the Browns defense plays, like, do I think the Cardinals can be competitive in the game? Sure. Like, I'm sure they have some path to be competitive. I like I, I don't even want to talk about any of that yet, though. I just want to, like, go into a little more detail on something that you said, because I think people probably heard you say, like, I think there's a lot of stuff going on there with Kyler Murray. And just like, I'm, I'm going to guess what you mean is. And this is me, like, reading between the lines of what you say on the show sometimes. I'm going to guess what you mean by that is the trade deadline is tomorrow. They can't say Kyler's starting if there's a chance that they trade him. So like they can't be like he's starting and then they trade him and then it's like wait but he's starting like what's like you have to have Josh Dobbs yeah Josh Dobbs I just said that with the weirdest emphasis you have to have Dobbs be the starter you have to announce that Josh Dobbs is starting I don't know what was going on there you have to announce that he's the starter um, because like Josh maybe Dobbs. the phone rings and it's uh, Josh Josh Dobbs you know maybe uh, maybe the phone rings and it's somebody calling for Kyler Murray and uh, and that's you think that's possible so Dobbs is the starter but like if we get through tomorrow and nobody calls. And Kyler's still on the team. Yeah, like Wednesday morning, couldn't Gannon just be like, Kyler's ready. He's actually ready, guys. We weren't sure if he was ready. Now he's ready. Like he's going to start. You wonder if the seven and a halfs on Arizona got bet only for that reason, where it's like, all right, like there's some chance it's him. And you don't mind being against PJ Walker getting a ton of points anyway. So it's kind of like you're free rolling Kyler information by taking seven and a half. I don't, I don't even want to offer an opinion of what I think is going to happen in the game until I know like way more about who's playing quarterback for both teams. But if it's like interesting line move, Arizona seven and a half to seven, is that people just like buying kind of the rumor that maybe if we get through tomorrow and Kyler's still on the team, he will start the game. I would just encourage people to think about it like this. And it doesn't mean that there has to be fire where there's smoke. So I'm not saying that like this is definitely right. But I think we all kind of collectively think at this point, and we can be wrong about it, but I think like we're probably right that the Gannon, Ossenfort, like combination of Coach GM and Arizona, like we think that they're pretty sharp. Like the decisions that they've made, like the trade and the draft. Like I think Ga I know Arizona's one loss record's terrible, but I, I think people are generally pretty impressed right now with Jonathan Gannon. So like if if we think that Gannon and Austin Ford are like a smart combination, right? And I think that that's true. Everything that's happened over the last couple of weeks with Kyler Murray, like, does not make any sense. Everything that they say kind of runs contrary to what, like, you think they should be saying and doing, which leads me to believe that, like, something's going on. And what I think is that they're trying to, like, get someone to trade for Kyler Murray, and then they would take a quarterback. And remember, they have Houston's pick also, that they would want to take a quarterback at the top of the draft. So I could be wrong. Like, the deadline could come and go, and Kyler could be the quarterback of the future. I just think, like, when Kyler practices in full last week and that he's doubtful on the injury report and doubtful means they don't have to activate him to the roster when they tell you he's 100 percent healthy and they rule him out for the following week on sunday after the game is played something's up here 
Something's up. Something's going on behind the scenes. Now, maybe they don't get an offer they're looking for and Kyler just stays. I, I think that there might be some fire here where there's smoke. And we'll find out coming up tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern time what the hell's going on with Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I can't wait, and we'll do it to start next hour on the show, to talk about this Packers-Rams game. Where Jordan Love and Green Bay might be more than a three-point favorite at home against Brett Rippon and the Los Angeles Rams, what we want to do there. Uh, Patriots and the Commanders, we will get to in hour number three. How about the Saints land a touchdown against Tyson Bajan and the Chicago Bears? We'll do all of that next hour, but coming up next, we'll get some NBA bets for tonight with our good friend Alex Christensen, a.k.a. Noops. See some of the Rockets, and he's really rich. H-Town. Houston. Who can who cares? Dylan Brooks went home last night and wiped his tears with $100 bills. He, he's doing okay in life. We will talk about the Warriors, the Rockets, the Sixers, and all things NBA with our guest, Alex Christensen, better known to you and yours as noobs in just a second. But to remind our live audience, especially people watching on Stadium right now, we'll get back to our handicap of Week 9 in the National Football League 20 minutes from now with uh, the Packers and the Rams, the Pats and the Commanders, the Saints and the Bears, and more. Power Hour, Final Hour, featuring all our bets for tonight. NBA. NHL, bets of steel, Lions and the Raiders, Monday Night Football, and Game 3 of the World Series with the Diamondbacks and the Rangers. But joining us right now to talk some NBA is the aforementioned Alex Christensen, better known to you and yours, of course, as Noobs. He's on Twitter at underscore Noobs, doing great work not only for our friends at Bets US, but how about newly minted NBA analyst for our friends at FTN Bets. And we love that for our guy, Alex Christensen. Noobs, welcome back to the show. Congratulations on the new gig. It's Nick and Ken. How you doing? Happy NBA season. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Couldn't be more excited to join the team over at FTN. You know, one of the best parts about doing this stuff, as I'm sure you guys know, you get access to all their stuff. There is just tons of tools there, and it's not just the NBA stuff. I've been using all their NFL stuff, too, so it's going to be exciting. Noops, I want to start, and for people who haven't haven't seen you or heard you on our show before, uh, you come on all the time, so they probably have. You're, you're a Sixers fan, and uh, we ask you, you know, the Sixers make these playoff runs. We have you on, we ask you about it. You're usually a level-headed Sixers fan, usually even, like, pessimistic, honestly, in some situations. I do want to ask you about this year's version of the team where, like, we don't know what's really going on with James Harden. They, like, don't let him on the plane, and then he's at the home opener, but, like, seems like a trade is the most likely avenue there. I think they kind of look awesome without him. And part of them looking awesome is that Tyrese Maxey has really like kind of taken a step forward. It seems like to being a really good player, no player in basically any award market has moved from the start of the season to now more than Tyrese Maxey has moved for most improved player. He's almost two to one in some places now to be most improved player as a result of getting off to such a good start. So just like your thoughts on the Sixers, I think a really interesting team this year. And then Maxey, a player that I know you really like. Yeah, I think my biggest concern all summer, and I said this a few times, was that Daryl Morey never wants to trade a star unless he gets a star back. But this seemed like a situation to me where the star you get back is just an increased usage load for Tyrese Maxey. I think you just have to get James Harden out of here so we stop talking about him, get him out of the press conferences, get everybody focused on basketball. And my hope was that they would trade him kind of just for two guys. I mean, the Bulls have been pulled into conversations. If we could get Patrick Williams and DeMar DeRozan, something like that, that's fine. You know, we don't really really need another superstar just other couple guys to sort of fit together on this team and then really see what you could do with Tyrese Maxey and Embiid Embiid is still incredible a little concerned about his effort level but it's early in the season I'm sure he'll be locked in especially as they start winning games but I agree I love Maxey I bet him as soon as MIP opened got some really nice numbers there and you know maybe plus 200 is a little short for this part of the season but until further notice he should be the favorite for that award.
Great. We'll take Joel Embiid and his uh, lack of effort. We'll take him on the New York Knicks like today. So pl- please, like he can come and he can loaf at Madison Square Garden. And I'll be very happy about that. At our show sponsor, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, Maxi plus 400 to be most improved player, the favorite at BetMGM. Uh, Noops, every team right now in the association has played two or three games. So we are very early in the season, obviously, right? Um, but with that being said, maybe we've got some takeaways for us, uh, stuff that we can apply moving forward here. Give us a couple of your takeaways, maybe a team better than expected, worse than expected, something that you think we can glean from these first two or three games and apply moving forward in betting markets. Yeah, a few things to look at here quickly, and, and we'll talk about some of these that actually tie to some of the games tonight. Um, you know, the Portland Trailblazers are really struggling, and it's not Scoot Henderson's fault. It, you know, I'm sure it is on some level, but that team just has no shooting. There is no space on the floor for that team. So I'm looking to bet Portland Trailblazers unders, Portland Trailblazers team total unders, until Anthony Simons can come back, until they can find a way to generate some more shooting. One of my favorite prop angles this year has been to look for um, rebounding overs against the Memphis Grizzlies. That Steven Adams being missing, Brandon Clark being missing, has left just a gaping hole at the rim. Teams have done really well rebounding against those guys. Um, nobody really sticks out to me tonight, but just something to kind of keep in your pocket. Anytime Memphis is playing, try to look to bet somebody's rebounds over there. And then another team that's playing tonight that I really like is the Indiana Pacers. I was bullish on them coming into the season. Tyrese Halliburton had a great summer in FIBA. It was one of the most improved players last year and really looks like even at 23 years old, like one of the best point guards in the leagues. He's had 20 and 12 both games so far. I think he is just keep going to be it's just going to keep getting better and better. And Pacers overs, Pacers team total overs are going to be really nice angles. So there's three for you. No, I think it makes a lot of sense for people who heard that uh, that Grizzlies rebounding angle. I know you said you didn't like anything tonight. Memphis home against Dallas, who's obviously off to a, a good start. I haven't, you know, haven't played great competition, but like that's a that's a really interesting game. You're thinking about Dallas, like who would I? Maybe like Luca rebounds over or something would be the bet in that game, just because Luca gets like twelve rebounds a game or something like that. like that. Yeah, could definitely be something like that. I, I want to ask you about like the the division that every year is just the dumbest division and it like very rarely produces the NBA champion. And I think you already know it's going to be the Southeast division, which is just like always a mess and it always doesn't make sense. And it was, noops, it was supposed to be Atlanta. Like it was supposed, like we, you know, like smart people. Like I, I like the over, smart people. I like Quinn Snyder to be coach of the year. Like I, I saw it too. Like I just, you know, like this could really work. Like I, I get it. And then they lose the first two games to start the year and they go on the road and they beat Milwaukee They make Milwaukee look stupid last night. Honestly played really well in that game, but Atlanta not off to like the most ideal start. The wizards beat Memphis. And I don't think anybody thinks they're anything. Miami's like already sitting Jimmy Butler for like rest and it's game three of the season. And you got the Orlando magic who I feel like get a lot of run on the show. Cause you like them and whale likes them. You guys come on and talk about them. And I'm going to talk about Charlotte too, but it seems irrelevant. Just like, I think we came into the year Atlanta, are we changing our mind already two to three games in with what we've seen with these Southeast teams? I'm not. I don't feel great about my Atlanta bets, and I have all those. I have coach of the year, them to win to the division, regular season uh, win total over. Everyone has started very poorly in this division. The Heat have looked really clunky. They do have one win. Um, you know, the Hawks were able to get a big win last night against the Bucks. The Magic looked nice, but I think they're still kind of a tier below. Hornets have looked a little better than I expected. The Wizards uh, look pretty bad. I think it's only going to get worse. So I haven't given up hope yet. A little concerned about... Uh, 
at the first couple games, I don't think that we've seen the change in shot selection we were hoping from Trey Young and from this Hawks team. Again, against Milwaukee, that was a little better. I think that they're going to have a good night tonight at home against Minnesota. But I haven't lost hope on the Hawks. I'm going to wait another couple weeks before I get too worried. You better you bet with Nick and Ken on a magnificent football and basketball Monday. We are talking the NBA right now with our pal Alex Christensen, a.k.a. Noobs, FTN Bets, and Bets US on Twitter at underscore Noobs. Uh, Noobs, you mentioned you like Atlanta a little bit in this game against Minnesota. Are you betting the Hawks tonight? I am. I like the Hawks on the money line here tonight. Um, it was plus 14 when I bet it earlier. I'm looking at plus 110 right now from our friends at BetMGM. I think that's a great bet to have. I think what we're seeing here is a little bit of an overreaction to the back-to-back for Atlanta. Uh, you know, they did have to play Milwaukee last night, but pretty much all the starters were under 30 minutes. And the Timberwolves have kind of a funny spot here. It's a one-game road trip. It's a little bit, a bit of a look-ahead spot. They've got Denver at home on Wednesday. I think the Hawks actually match up pretty nicely here. They've got you know, some defenders to throw at Anthony Edwards, some big guys to throw at Cat and Rudy Gobert. Again, I think being at home is, is a pretty solid advantage for them in this spot. So I like the Hawks. I have this game pretty much a pick em. You know, probably just hang zero minus 110 both ways. So plus 110 on the Hawks looks pretty nice to me. I like their chances tonight. Noops, another game tonight, Nets-Hornets. Small point spread, right? Like pick, Nets minus one. Kind of high total, 227 and a half. The Nets have played very high-scoring games so far this year. I want to ask you, if you have a bet in that game, great. Also, like one of the early stories of this season has been Cam Thomas for the Nets. And Tyler, obviously, who you know on our staff, big Cam Thomas guy. And he, Tyler texted me earlier today, almost like depressed. And Cam Thomas has been off to a great start. But Tyler texts me and just goes, can Cam Thomas win anything? And what he means by that is awards. So Cam Thomas is getting bet to win sixth man of the year, even though he starts sometimes. He's getting bet to win most improved player, where he's like the third or the fourth choice right now. A guy who just comes out of nowhere and just drops 30 a game. What do you do with a player like that? His prop, his points prop has gone up 15 from the start of the season. It's in the mid-20s now. So any bets for, like, how are you betting Cam Thomas? Are you betting Nets Hornets? Do you think Cam Thomas can win anything here in about a minute, 90 seconds? And the awards are tough. Six man generally goes to a team that wins at least 60% of their games. That's not the Nets. Most improved player is going to be tough. You generally have to be an all-star to do that. And Cam Thomas is vying in a really, really tough, tough Eastern Conference. So they put away those award bets. And I would just focus on kind of alternate point overs for him. I think the market is adjusted kind of on the regular line. But his ability to get hot is, is there's going to be a lot of games where he comes in and has, I think, a lot more volume than people are expecting here. So keep looking at Cam Thomas points overs. And, and again, go with the alts. Uh, don't just stick with that main number. Make sure that you've got 30, 30. Plus, I think he's going to touch 40 maybe once or twice, but it's a tough spot for him to win any awards. This Nets team has been surprising. Uh, maybe it's him driving all this offense, but I'm surprised that they haven't been better on defense. This is a tough matchup against the Hornets, so uh, not a ton of bets for me tonight. But again, look at those Cam Thomas, 30 plus, 35 plus bets. And what, when Noobs is saying alts, what he means is... Climb the ladder, baby. We're climbing the ladder. Climb the ladders. Yeah, we're we're, we're climb the, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in the final That's hour of the show. Yeah. Noobs, we got about 30 seconds to go. Any other bets that you like here for tonight in the NBA? We literally only have 30 seconds. Portland Trailblazers, team total under. Talked about it a little bit earlier. It's at 103.5. I think it should honestly be 101. So I'll play under 103.5. And, and then MGM does have an alt under at 101 and 100. We'll play those for a bit. Mentioned the Pacers. I like them. Um, and the Atlanta Hawks. So that's it for me tonight. All right, then that's our pal Alex Richardson, a.k.a. Noobs, on Twitter at underscore Noobs. Check out his work at BetsUS and with our friends over at FTN. Noobs, we sincerely appreciate it. Thank you for the time. We'll do it again soon. Good luck with the bets tonight. 
Thanks, guys. Best of luck tonight. Let's have let's have a lot of fun. Yeah. How about this? How about this? You you yeah. take your fun. I just want to win some bets. It can be excruciating. <laughs> I don't need. I'm 40 and married. I don't need to have fun. I need money. All right. Uh, two hours down. Two more to go. On the other side. More handicapping week nine in the National Football League. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network.